o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's time for Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show. We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and athletes. Coming up, Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner, men's coach Mike DeGeorge, and men's wrestling coach Mike Mendoza. Uh, Buckeye, do we have a winner yet for Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema? We do. Okay, let me do this. Got to move some things around here, man. I'm sorry. Here sorry, we go. I mean, okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. I believe the name is Adina. Correctly identifying the new Woody Harrelson movie, Champions, coming up uh, February, I believe. Very good. I think I'd, I'd read about that. I saw where he's also going to play. Yeah. One of the figures in the uh, the Watergate scandal as well. Nice. Good right. actor. Woody Harrelson stays very, very busy. Yes, he does. All right. Speaking of people that stay busy, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team. It's uh, time to talk Maverick Hoops with Taylor Wagner. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. All right. With us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, Taylor Wagner. Good morning, Taylor. How are you? Good. How you doing? Doing fine. Before we talk about your team, uh, your daughter Bryn was our Scotty's uh, Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week last week. We talked a little bit about three-point shooting. She still gives you credit. She still feels like you can beat her. You're still the better three-point shooter. But I did With get the my sense. eyes closed. <laughs> I, 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 I like that. I did get the feeling, though, that, that Bryn thought the, the gap had closed on the old man a little bit. Is that true, or is that just Brent, Brent talking herself into that? Uh, I'm not going to give her credit until she beats me. Okay. Do you still beat her as decisively as you did maybe a year ago? Yeah, Two years ago? probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. She, you know, if we she, ever play one-on-one and I really start to D her up, she just laughs because, you know, she can't get by me, so... <laughs> We could never really finish a game. <laughs> it's kind of like when shooting wise, yeah. yeah, she's she's getting there. She's getting she's there. Getting okay, there, so you know that's as much yeah. as of credit you're going to give. Brand. You know how it is. Yeah. As the older you get, the your shot just gets better. <laughs> oh, absolutely, because well, the <laughs> you stay in the same place. I don't know what it is because it's a lot. It's just it's, it's easy to spot up. It's a lot easier than spot take, up. Yep. You don't run around. You know, exactly. If I had to run up and down the court a bunch, I'd clap, I'd, clap your hands. Have to give her the nod. Give Not the really ball. moving without the ball there. Give me the ball. Just there we go. Just that's right. Just let me shoot. There we go. Just stand, Stick stand. Me the, in the corner, and I'll be fine. There we go. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you addressed that because Brenda did seem to have some confidence that she felt like she, I think, had gained some ground on you a little bit on the old man. So glad you, uh, you, you're, you've come on the program to, to state that you were still. The senior, the dean, you are, you are the, you are the Jedi, you are the master, and she is merely a pad one still when it comes to three point shooting. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to settle it this week too. Give you the update next week. Okay, I like that. I'd like to hear an update when you two score off. Uh, for your basketball team, uh, a weekend where we'll start out with the UCCS game. Just to, we talk about shooting here. Struggled to to get things going offensively. And a seventy-one to fifty-one loss to UCCS shot a season low twenty-seven point six percent from the field. Um, 
you know, four you made exactly four field goals in each quarter. Just was uh, a rough night when it came to shooting the basketball for your team. Yeah, it was just one of those nights. Um, you know, nothing seemed to to get going. Um, defensively, I, I felt like too, like we'd never really gotten a rhythm defensively, and I think that affected us on the offensive side too. So uh, they just, you know, we were under the weather for both games, but uh, you know, we actually played better on Saturday night. So. Just one of those games where nothing really went our way. I, I believe I read the comment, or maybe you heard the comment that you made about your players spending time, you know, leaning over trash cans because uh, they were so sick. How how much did it impact your team over the weekend? How many players either couldn't play, and you don't have to name names. We don't get in, in, you know into any trouble with revealing information, but but how I many how impactful was it for your players to be sick how much of an impact did it have on the performance that you had this last weekend i mean it, it affected it you know it, it started the weekend before we had a couple girls in that metro and mines and then uh probably by the last weekend two-thirds of the team were under the weather and then those that didn't get it they were all sick on monday now <laughs> so it's almost through us so well, uh, hopefully by Saturday we're all ready to go, and you know, then over Christmas break they can heal all up, and just you know, when we come back, we'll have a great second semester. Taylor Wagner, coach, but it did it did affect us. It was, yeah. you know, they, I mean, it was went from one person to the next, and and uh, we just kind of said, hey, make sure you know where all the trash cans are in the court. <laughs> They make things you know where they're located. Exactly. The game, you knew where to go. Right. Yeah. Monica Brooks is on with us, Taylor, and she talked about this stretch before the holiday break, and about you kind of imploring your your players. Hey, look, I, I get it. Holiday break's coming up. You're thinking about going home to see your family for Christmas. Your focus, you know, is is probably drifting in, in that direction to to go see family. I I just need a couple of weeks here from you to to lock in. And and Monica talked about that a little bit when she was with us. Do you feel like you're you're getting your team to, to kind of lock in here during the stretch before the holiday break? I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, it's we're young, so you know the older kids. I don't think it affects as much because they're used to it. But you know, a lot of these freshmen, you know, they're they've been homesick all semester. So um, I think a lot of teams go through that. You know, it's human nature to kind of look to the next. Thing and the next thing is Christmas and, and a break. So I think, uh, you know, and finals, they're battling finals too. So, you know, I'm just like, hey, just focus in. Every team goes through it. And, uh, you know, the team that has a little bit more focus going into this last weekend, a lot of times they're the team that comes out on top. So, you know, we've got a few more, few more days and, and hopefully we can get through it and they can go home and and uh, you know, see that all their friends aren't around anymore. <laughs> you know, and that and, and that they didn't miss anything. And then they're ex- you know excited to to come back to school and not be under mom and dad's rules anymore. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm expecting when they come back, I think we're going to see a little different team. And, and hopefully, it starts this this uh, Saturday. You know, I, I just feel like we've. I, I, I think they're starting to grasp it a little bit, and now we've just got to figure out how 
how to close out a game. You know, the fourth quarter has been very unkind to us all year long. And uh, we can get that uh, fourth quarter figured out, kind of finish the right way, uh, you know, things will turn for these girls. CMU women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the Team Sports Network and go from talking about the UCCS game on, on Friday to how you played Saturday. And at Regis, it, it got off to a rough start. You were down by as many as 12 points, four minutes left to go in the first quarter. And then you, you came out in the second half and, and played much better basketball. Monica Brooks kind of, Monica kind of got it going with a three pointer. Uh, you know, and, you know, in that third quarter, you outscored Regis 23 to 16. They, they ultimately win it 72 64. But uh, you had to like the way your team played, particularly after that early deficit, Taylor, the, the way they played the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, we came out uh, in that third quarter, played really well, finished the quarter off. We're up one going into the fourth, and uh, I really felt confident. And then, you know, we come out into that fourth quarter, uh, we give up a layup, we turn it over, give up another layup foul. So, I mean, it was a five-point swing in less than 20 seconds. And, uh, you know, that's the thing with this team sometimes when, it doesn't go our way. Uh, we don't know how to respond, so that's kind of what we're trying to push through. Is we, you know, this this game. There's too many ups and downs in, in the course of 40 minutes, and you just got to keep playing. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the biggest thing I'm disappointed. We we're giving up over 70 points. We gave up 71 on Friday, 72 on Saturday. You're not going to win very many basketball games doing that. So. We got to be a little bit more disciplined on the defensive side. I think when we do that, I think things will kind of start to turn for us offensively. We'll we'll shoot it better and and we'll get better looks. Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us today on the team, and uh, Olivia Reed played well in that that Regis game. Uh, Fifteen points for her. Mentioned Monica Brooks with the three pointer. She had fifteen points. Uh, they both played well against Regis, but uh, I thought Tia Slade had a really nice weekend from a scoring standpoint in both games. Yeah, she's coming around. Uh, you know, that's the good thing is we, we need another score. And I think she's getting a little more comfortable on there and, and looking for a shot, too. You know, it seemed like the previous few games, it was all about perimeter shooting. And, and uh, but now she's taking it to the hole and getting there. Now, you know, she's a little bit more than one dimensional and she can hit that open three or she can get to the rim. And, uh, but like I said, I, I think she she's done a, a lot of work and put in a lot of work, and I think she's starting to settle down just a little bit. So hopefully she continues to do that. Mavs 1-9 and in the season, 0-4 in Armac play. And when I look at the record for Adam State, I Taylor, I, I can't remember a time where Adam State has had a better record than you at, at any point in the season. So it kind of just shows how, how young your basketball team is right now and how good you've been for, for such a long stretch. They're 7-3 they're and three right now, 3-1 and one in the Armac. And and so th- they come in playing some really good basketball. They they got the victory of New Mexico Highlands. And uh, for for Adam State, they've, they've had one player that's really stepped up in particular that's been really, really good, played really well for them. Darlisha Reed, she had the double-double against New Mexico Highlands, but it's it's a vastly improved Adam State uh, Grizzlies basketball team you face on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they've really changed. You, you know, you, they always played hard, and they would press and kind of make you play ugly, but now they're a, they're a lot more disciplined, and they're still going to press and put a lot of pressure on us, uh, 
but offensively now they uh, they've got some players that can really really score, and so we've just got to be ready for their pressure and and not make this an ugly game because that's you know if they don't get a steal they want you to take a quick shot and then you know they're scoring a lot of points right now I think they average seventy eight and they're only giving up sixty one so um, really improved team and and it's kind of like that all across the whole board. I mean, mine's is still there up the top, but, you know, like us and Metro and uh, Western State, uh, Pueblo, we've all kind of struggled early on. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of shakes out. But there's still 18 games to go in conference, and uh, um, we can kind of change this. I think everybody's, you know, I, I think we'll know maybe in a couple more weekends where everybody fits, but we've got to make a move right now. And, you know, the thing I told the girls, let's go from worst to first. You know, right now we're in last place, and, uh, you know, we can really kind of change this and start. we got to get some momentum, and then by late January and February play really, really good basketball and, and get in the tournament, give ourselves a chance to, you know, to win the tournament, get to the NCAA tournament. So it, it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're brick by brick, we're, we're kind of building this team, and, and uh, hopefully it starts to click now for everybody. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Cover Mesa women's basketball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. I mentioned Darlisha Reed, the, the game she had against Highland. She's played well. But uh, Harmaine Dominguez has been their top scorer, almost 15 points per game. Uh, Charmaine Finley is at uh, about 13 points per game. So they're getting some pretty good production from Dominguez and Finley to start out this season. Yeah, you know, two newcomers. One's a really good freshman. Um, you know, she was supposed to go Division One. She ended up at Adams. I don't know how that happened, but she is a really good player. And then the Finley girl is a junior college transfer that uh, had a phenomenal year. I think she played at Southern Nevada and was a good player there. So, you know, two newcomers that have really kind of changed their team. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of they do a lot for them. So we've, we've really got to be focused on them and not let them get going offensively. And I imagine for your team, Lauren Gutierrez, who played at Adams State, uh, pretty pumped up for this one coming up on Saturday. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hopefully she comes out and uh, just has a great game and really can contribute to our team. Just a reminder, by the way, that uh, game times are different than normal. Women will tip it off at 4 the minute 6 o'clock on Saturday. And uh, we'll have both games over on 1100 KNZZ, 92.7 FM, with the women's pregame at uh, 345, and the men will follow. But once again, if you're going to the games, uh, game times are different for Saturday, 4 o'clock for the women, 6 o'clock for the men over at Brownson Arena. Uh, last ones before uh, uh, the, the the holiday break, before uh, New Year rolls, the New Year rolls back around on New Year's Eve for the Mavericks to be back on the floor. So uh, last games before Christmas uh, coming up this Saturday with Adam State. Taylor, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you coming up on Tuesday. And, uh, and of course, uh, we'll have the games once again on KNZZ coming up on Saturday. Always appreciate the time. You bet. Thanks. All right, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. We'll talk with Mike DeGeorge coming up in a few minutes. Is there a path for Nathaniel Hackett to keep his job? Evan from Grand Junction. At this point, winning doesn't really matter other than screwing the sea chickens a bit. 
Uh, season is lost. The team must put together good games top to bottom and look like a competitive team, but I doubt Hackett can do anything to save his job at this point other than average 30 points a game from here on out. I mean, they can't even get there, let alone yeah. average it. <laughs> yeah. You know. As This is from Steve. As long as the Upper Bowl Stadium is half empty, there's no chance for Hackett. I can't argue with that. RJ and Delta. Let's see. Uh, Jim Buck, I always felt that Peyton hired Hackett in an attempt to lure Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. It backfired, and they rushed to get Russ to get a, prim- a premier quarterback and gave up a lot for him. I'm sure Hackett is going to get another year to turn it around. Uh, Peyton doesn't want to look like he made a poor decision. Uh, there's a good chance both Hackett and Peyton are gone at fresh start for the new ownership. That's what I'm saying. I, both of those points, actually, is ones I've made this summer. Let's see. un unnamed texture here mm-hmm. if Hackett is fired who will they get also if the team was really healthy would they be better thanks I think they would be better but it doesn't solve all the problems of on the offensive side I mean would would they be better if, if it was Tim Patrick Cortland Sutton Jerry Judy KJ Hamler yeah it gives Russ more weapons to work with would they be better if Javante Williams is healthy mm-hmm. yeah I think all those things would make them better how much better they would be, I'm, I'm uncertain about that. If they turn a field goal a game into a touchdown, right, they're only, say, 35 points better on the season, but their record probably has seven wins. Doesn't mean they're significantly better. It just means they gained 20 more yards on that drive. I don't know how much better they would be, but or, right now, I mean – they haven't been healthy since Tim Patrick got hurt. That was what August. That was yeah, so, training camp preseason. I mean, there. The fact of the matter is, is if they would have been or not, it doesn't matter. They're not healthy, and they're not also very good. Uh, let's see. But that's I, more I, of a system, way, systemic issue than. Oh man, all these guys are hurt. Could when they, they had all of them yeah. except for Tim Patrick, they still stunk out. They still they still had problems. Would they could they be better? Yeah, I think they could be better. Would they be dramatically better? I don't know about that. I How mean, just, they beat the Niners, I have no idea. Yeah. Still. Let's see. Uh what else do we have here? We got AJ floating around out there. We got AJ. Um I don't know how he suddenly fall in love with Hackett, he's fired. He also yeah. mentioned uh, NBA decided the GOAT uh, by renaming the MVP trophy as the Michael Jordan trophy. Suck at LeBron. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay Jay. Uh, Larry from Clifton. Buckeye, you're not even close to 5'10". That's true. I did meet Larry. Larry, uh, I don't know if Larry subs or is in full time the Thursday night bowling league down at Freeway, but he was with our air quotes buddy, Mike Honeycutt, who's a Michigan guy. So he's not our air buddy quote, right either, now. Either either Mike's Mike's friend or Mike's not a friend. There's, uh, no, there's no air. Doesn't matter what his what his football allegiances are. Buckeye. No, it does matter. Still, air quote friend. Still a good dude. I didn't say that. He's, he's well, a you, good you, dude. He's, he's an air quote friend though. Air quote friend. It's like you're being dismissive. I'm uh, being incredibly dismissive. And uh, he was on his team, but uh, got to meet Larry uh, Thursday. And definitely not 5'10". That's what I mean with Kyler. If he's 5'10", I'm 5'10". 
<laughs> Larry, Buckeye pines to be 5'10". I want, you kidding me? I want to be 5'8". I'm not going to... Don't worry about 5'10". I just want to be 5'8". 5'8 on a good shoe day. Well, I've got those little uh, inserts in the heel. Give me an extra inch and a half or so. Some lifts? Yeah. Uh, like they, Tom Cruise? They're not lifts. They help with heel health. No. They just also make me a little taller. You know. Got got bad feet, right? So I got fat guy feet. Right. Carrying around all this girth for so many years. So yeah, it's um, put in those pads a little bit at the So have you the okay, heel. have you been height wise have you been measured in a while? No. Cause I I really don't want to see the number. <laughs> Wait, don't care. Put me on that scale. Five five. Whatever. Like five five? I clear five five, I'm almost certain. Okay. Marty's got one. This is actually Marty from yesterday. Yeah. I, I played the Weezer song, I want a dog. Jim, I like dogs better than most people, just saying. Yeah. Agreed. Some, sometimes I'm there with yeah. you on that. I am with you on that. Uh a lot of times. let's see. What else do we have here? We got a Robert floating around out there. Please tell the pile that veteran head there the veteran head coaches out there a realistic hire, Jason Garrett. It seems the Broncos would be hiring another first timer. I don't know what coaches are out there because I haven't done the in depth list, but there's excuse me, there's more than just Jason Garrett. Mm. There's Frank Reich. Dan, oh, yeah. Dan 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 Quinn's a possibility. I mean he's, he's being fully employed right now by Dallas, but mm-hmm. But Dan Quinn might get another crack at being a head head coach in the league. Yeah. There's XFL guys floating around out there. You know, they'd probably take a call. <laughs> what, Heinz Ward? Heinz Ward, Bob Stoops, you know? I, I would I would go with Bob Stoops over Heinz Ward, who Heinz has yet to even coach anything. I'm sure Dion could get out of his contract in Boulder if he needs to. Well, you just go, you know, just go you down. You do both. Just you head play down football to, and baseball. Head down to Denver. Do college and NFL. Coach the Buffs and coach the Broncos. Sure, yeah. why not? All right, 922. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Connor Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. With us right now, he's head coach of the Maverick men, Mike DeGeorge. Good morning, Mike. Morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Always great talking with you. And I guess last weekend, it was it was a big Mac weekend. He was the uh, special sauce, was he not? Mac Rineker uh, had a couple of wins for you last weekend. Yeah, and even more than that, I mean, I think last week after our loss at home against Metro, he called the players-only meeting, um, and then you just really saw him say, okay, I need to take on a different role with this team, and a little bit outside of his comfort zone to uh, to lead vocally. You know, he always leads by example, uh, but he really took on that persona, and then it carried through to the weekend, and he made – some incredible plays for us in both games that were really the, the difference. Well, let's go back to the UCCS game where he hit for a career-high 21 points. He hit three threes in that game and just uh, just had a, a sensational scoring night, something that we, 
we don't normally see from Mac. We see him be, you know, a, a guy that's uh, an energy guy all over the floor, saving balls in the baseline, defending post players much taller than him, occasionally getting a steal and a dunk at the other end, but uh, had a big game on the offensive end in that uh, 86 to 70 win over UCCS. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting about it was he, you know, he kind of struggled the weekend before offensively, and his struggles kind of continued to start the game. He just seemed out of rhythm, you know, seemed indecisive about whether to shoot or not, turned it over a couple of times. I'm like, how are we going to get him out of this funk, you know? And then his first shot went in with, like, I think he made a layup with, like, 12 minutes to go. And then, he, you know, he scored 18 points the last 12 minutes and a half and really built that lead for us almost all by himself um, with his offensive contribution. And then in the second half, I wasn't playing as much because I was trying to get Trevor's in a similar funk, and, and we're trying to give Mick McCurry some minutes. And so I was like, hey, you know, we're going to let them play through this a little bit. He goes, that's fine. But he goes, my career's high is uh, 18, and I did it in the first half, and that's what I had in the first half of this game. I said, well, you'll get back in there. Don't worry. So, and then he hit another three. So, But he's funny. Most guys would not admit they were thinking that, but Mac is always honest. So it's one of the things I love about him. <laughs> he's just a straight shooter. Hey, Coach. I'm at 18. <laughs> I, I want. To, I, I need to get my career high tonight. I I don't want that to sit right there at 18. Yeah. Uh, your your team shot 55.4 percent uh, in you in the win against UCCS. Uh, it was a season best for your team. You hit 14 threes, and like you said, maybe it took a little while to get going for Mac Rineker and and some others. But uh, offensively, your team played really well in that game. Yeah, again, we got up to a little bit of a slow start, but as we just really are, had embraced the idea of we just have to shoot the open shot. We just have this tendency that, you know, everybody's always trying to get that higher level shot, and it's just like, you know, way teams are guarding us when we get those open looks, particularly off inside-out kicks, we just got to shoot that shot. And they just shot it with a way more confidence uh, on, on Friday night, which was great to see. Now, you flip to Saturday, we did it in the first half, and we missed our first few shots, and then we reverted back to some of our old tendencies is that, you know, driving it in there after a drive, not a lot of space, rather than just taking what the defense has given us. So uh, we're certainly still a work in progress, but Friday night was a big step in the right direction. And then the, the win against Regis, where you came back to win, Mack only had eight points, but he had that little flurry there that, that helped your team be able to come back yeah, and win that basketball game, had the little Robert offensive Thomas. flurry. Energy Secretary yeah, I mean, that Holm, second announcing a, a major scientific breakthrough you know, in the decades-long clash weekend, to harness we fusion. Uh, in town, really, it is a milestone kind of a will pave the way for advancements in national and, defense, and, as well you know, as the future of clean energy. And then, you know, we Stormy get weather is pounding parts of the central Rockies and the plains. Blizzard conditions in some areas, heavy thunderstorms in the deep south, tornadoes touching down across parts of North Texas and in Oklahoma. The White House continuing to insist it remains fully committed and bringing the former they Marine Paul Whelan really home from Russia, where he has been we in prison for close to four years. Sam Bankman-Fried under arrest in the Bahamas, founder and CEO of the collapsed cryptocurrency firm FTX. Wall Street, the Dow is up 225 points. More details at SRN. you got to go, you know, this is going to say a lot about our character, and we got to go get this thing. And they went like on a 14 to two run and it was all fueled by max energy and toughness. And he just made those two incredible steals. Uh, they, they really flipped the game for us. Yeah. It was a game looked like either going to blow them out or you're going to end up, they're going to come back and, and beat you in that basketball game. But instead you go on to get the 71 to 65 victory over Regis. 
And uh, don't want to leave out Blaze 3. Had a really good weekend, 24 points in the win against UCCS, 17 in that win against Regis on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, doing a great job and just continues to grow as a leader and just as a well-rounded player. You know, like in the past we've talked, you know, when the matchup was right or when he could really see what the defense was doing, you know, he was really successful. And now he's finding ways to be successful no matter what the defense is doing. You know, against uh, UCCS, they were really going underneath every ball screen on him, and and he really uh, just shot the ball with confidence the whole game. And, you know, he got to a little bit of a slow start, but then just really settled in. And, you know, he's too good a shooter just to give him uncontested shots all game long. And, uh, you know, he proved that's a mistake for people to do. So, um, and then, you know, he's really defending and, and doing a great job at both ends. Is he wearing his shirt at practice? Because we we did ask him about not wearing his shirt. We said, Coach George said you like to not you don't like to wear a shirt at practice. And I yeah. said, hey, we, yeah. we don't blame uh, you, man. You putting you putting the work in. You want to you want to show you know want to show the, that that six pack. You want to show those guns and so yeah, he's still looking for opportunities to take his shirt off, but he's been pretty good about keeping it on. So. <laughs> uh, also, another play we should acknowledge had a really good game against Regis, and that's Reese Johnson. Uh, Reese had 15 points. He had three threes, played really well for you in that game. Yeah, and I think one of the things, you know, we've tried to emphasize again this week is that we gotta, we have to be able to take shots when we get them. And by inserting Isaac Jessup in the lineup, now it gave us two shooters and one lead guard versus having Christopher Speller in there and having two lead guards with him and Blaze three and only one preferred shooter. Now, with only one preferred shooter, you know, they can kind of just hug him and help off the other guys. And so it just shifted the dynamic a little bit uh, by having two shooters in there. And I think it freed Reese up quite a bit uh, to be the player he is. He made some great plays, both driving and finishing in the paint, and also uh, shot it well from three, which – um, you know, he's been doing, willing to do whatever the team needs, you know, for three years. now. he's probably let us in minutes played over those three years. And, and uh, you know, it's great to see him have a big game. And I think it's important to mention Isaac Jessup, too, is that, you know, he just took what the defense gave him, and then he played an incredible uh, weekend defensively. He was on, you know, UCCS's best player as the primary defender, um, kind of taking over that role for, for that Christopher Speller normally has. And he did a great job on Friday. And then, uh, David Simmental on, on Saturday, Regis's leading score didn't score, and that was his primary matchup. So, um, you know, he did a great job on uh, all weekend long, both of those guys. Mike George, coach of the Cabernet men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Maverick men with the weekend road sweep. Uh, they're now 7-3, and 2-2 two and two in RMAC play. Final game before Christmas coming up this Saturday when uh, the Mavericks host Adam State. Adam State, they come in 3-6, and 1-2 and two in conference play. They Fell to CSU Pueblo 77 to 54. And when you look at some of the numbers uh, for the Grizzlies this year, Mike, uh, in, in terms of defense, they're they're worst in the conference right now. In in defense, from a, a scoring standpoint, they currently are you know a team that kind of struggles at times to score the basketball. Give us the scouting report on Adam State. Well, they got a new group, and honestly, you know, we're just kind of getting into them now. We don't play till Saturday, so haven't done a deep dive into to them yet but in general you know it's at, uh, Russ does a great job and they always have you know kind of like uh, new guys and they they integrate some transfers with some young guys that uh, that have some significant talent and then they have a style of play uh, that it takes a little bit to appreciate they are 
very organized, okay, but they also have a lot of freedom and flexibility with how they play at both ends. And for our guys, we're a little more rigid in how we teach the game. And so, you know, that unpredictability is really a challenge for our guys when we don't really know what they're going to do exactly defensively. And, um, you know, and it, and it allows their players to play with great freedom and makes it unpredictable for the defense. And it's by design, and it's been, you know, very effective over the years. And so it's always a real challenge against them. And if we can master that component of it, you know, I think we'll have a great chance. But, you know, we've struggled with those kinds of things in the past. So coming out of finals, it'll be a big week for us to take another step forward and, and continue to build some momentum uh, off of this last weekend. Yeah, last year, Rylan O'Brien was their leading score at 15 points per game. He's gone, and Lamont Sanders is the guy that stepped into that uh, leading score spot, averaging over 13 points per game for them. And I, like, like like you were saying, you haven't done a lot of deep dive just yet, but uh, what, what do you know about this team, particularly a guy like Lamont Sanders? Well, he's a Division One transfer. He's very dynamic and had big numbers for Juco. And, you know, at Division One, it didn't work out great for him. So, um, so now, you know, he's at Adams, and he's he can score the basketball. So he's kind of in the same mold as some of their lead guards in the past. The combination of their quickness and skill level create real problems for us, and then they can create a lot of offense uh, for their teammates. So, you know, it'll be a big challenge to not get just uh, soaked in on one guy and be able to make it a team concept and, and just make them earn everything. And then, you know, they will. They are young. You know, they lost their core group from last year, and, uh, so they're learning and growing. And so if we can just be balanced and fundamental at the offensive end and take advantage of when they have breakdowns, you know, give us a great chance. All right, just a reminder, by the way, a couple of changes for Saturday. Number one, game times are different. Women tip it off at 4, the minute 6 o'clock over Brownson Arena. And then uh, we'll have coverage of both Maverick basketball games over on 1100 KNZZ, 92.7 FM. Pre-game for the women at 345, the men to follow at 6 o'clock as the Mavericks play their final games before Christmas, taking on Adams State this Saturday at Brownson Arena. Mike, always appreciate it. Happy holidays, and we'll, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right, thanks, Jim. Happy holidays. All right, Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men. All right, 937, uh, Mike Mendoza, the coach of the CMU men's wrestling team, will join us in just a couple of minutes. And uh, right now, it's... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, we're going to go back to 1958. Gordie Howe with the Red Wings scores his 400th NHL goal and a 2-2 tie against the Canadians. Howe ties the score in the third period, beating goaltender Jacques Plant at 9 minutes 46 seconds and joins, joins Maurice Richard as the only players in league history to reach 400 goals. 1981, John McEnroe and Roscoe Tanner lead the United States to a 3-1 win over Argentina in the Davis Cup Final. 1983, Detroit beats Denver 186-184 to in triple overtime in the highest scoring game in NBA history. Isaiah Thomas scores 47. John Long, John Long has 41 for the Pistons. Kiki, Kiki Vandaway at 51 points. Nuggets falling to the Pistons. 186 to 184. And then 1995, Detroit's Paul Coffey becomes the first NHL defenseman to reach 1,000 career assists, setting up Igor Larionov's first period goal in the Red Wings 3-1 win over the Chicago 
Blackhawks. Say in 1997, Michigan's Charles Woodson is named the first predominantly defensive player to receive the Heisman Trophy in the 63-year history of the award. Woodson and the Wolverines go on to defeat Washington State in the 98 Rose Bowl, finishing a perfect 12-0 season and earning a share of the national championship. The Brian Greasy-Ryan Leaf matchup in the Rose Bowl in that one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. That's this day in sports history. 9.39, we'll take a break and talk a little CMU men's wrestling on Mav Day with new Mavericks head coach Mike Mendoza. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa sports on Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show. With us right now, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. He's the coach of the Maverick Men's Wrestling Team, Mike Mendoza. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I think the last time we talked, you were getting ready to uh, go up to Gunnison to, to take on Western Colorado. They were number 18 in the nation. Number, you were number 10 at that time. And they, they pick up a 27-9 to victory uh, in that duel up in Gunnison. And I just think, you know, when we talk about it's a rivalry, we got into that a little bit that uh, you always expect it to be a, a real battle. And unfortunately, for your wrestling team, they, they came out on top in that one in, in rather convincing fashion. They did, yeah. It didn't feel real good, I'll tell you that. Getting your butt whooped, uh, period, uh, isn't good. And then especially when it happens against your rivals. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a, of a wake-up call. What was the message to your wrestlers after going up to Gunnison and, and, and you expecting that outcome to be certainly much different than it was? Well, it, it, you know, I think in the end, when we look at it, I mean, we can we can make all the excuses uh, we we want. I mean, we had a couple guys that were, you know, starters that were out of the lineup with 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 sickness and a recent season-ending injury for another. And and uh, but bottom line is, we're putting guys out there. It doesn't matter what the lineup looks like when we go out we, we've got to compete and and i think you know in some of those matches we just we just got beat by a better guy we had a, a, a freshman that we pulled a red shirt on that went out there and wrestled a really tough guy that they have and he went out there and fought but you know he's a he's a freshman wrestling his first kind of college varsity match and uh and, and it showed and and uh, he did a great job, and he fought, and was super proud of the way he performed. And, and that was kind of a highlight of, hey, sometimes you're going to take a loss, but it's how you perform that matters. And he'll close the gap on that guy. And and uh, but we took, we just looked flat in some other other um, of the matches. And you know, I think we got to look at what we're doing and and make sure we're ready next time we compete. Um, and so, yeah, messages. Let's get to work. Let's get better. You know, I think a couple of you know upsets you hadn't planned on of you know of ranked wrestlers for you. Uh, you know, one twenty-five, uh, Patrick uh, uh, Alis of of the Mountaineers. Uh, you know, he's ranked number nine at one twenty-five. He picked up the win over third-ranked Dawson Collins. Uh, also, an upset at one thirty-three with Alex uh, Alvarez getting the win over uh, your fifth-ranked wrestler, Colin Metzger. So those were some some upsets. Certainly, uh, it was on the plus category for them. But you got some really good wins from from Gus Dalton, for example, at 165, a, a 15 to 13 win of the number four ranked uh, wrestler in that uh, in that weight class, uh, Hunter Mullen of, of Western. So there were some positives. Cash Anderson picked up a victory as well. Daniel Magana. So there were some some good wins for you uh, in that loss at Western. 
No, absolutely. And yeah, Magana, he avenged the loss that he had wrestled that kid just a, just a week earlier in, in a Carney Open tournament. And so he avenged the loss there. And then Gus Dalton, that was his first college match and uh, of the season, period. He hadn't wrestled a match prior to that. And um, yeah, I mean, a great win for him. He definitely has a good good future in front of him. Super excited about him. And, and yeah, Cash Anderson, uh, yeah, he's He's starting to look uh, better every match, and and even at 184, Jason Benarowitz, he, you know, was in the match and gave up a late reversal to one of their veteran guys. And you know, for some of these guys, I mean, I'd look at, you know, our lineup where we have really six guys that are brand new to the lineup this year, and and sometimes experience kind of plays a factor in those, especially when you go away to an environment like Western and. So, you know, it's one of those things where we got to focus on just performance and not letting the atmosphere get to them and, and just wrestle their best. And, and so a lot of, a lot of things played into, uh, into that. And, 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 and frankly, uh, you know, hats off to Western. They came out ready and, uh, you know, they're certainly a good team and, and, uh, you know, can't take any way away from anything away from their performance. They went out and they performed and, and uh, we certainly could have done better, and but definitely had some some highlights and lowlights, and 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 we get back to work. And now uh, heading out to the Midwest Classic in Indianapolis, Indiana, and that'll start on Saturday. Give us a preview, Mike, of uh, the Midwest Classic and who you'll be seeing out there. Oh wow, you've got I want to say it's forty two or forty six Division two teams, so it's really majority of the top programs in the country. I mean, if you go out there and you win that tournament, you'll be ranked in the top three. If you go out there and even just place, you'll be, you'll be ranked in the top 10 or so. And, and last year, Colin Metzger, he won it. He was our first Midwest classic champion from this program. And so, yeah, super excited for, for him to go back there and, and, uh, I hate to say defend his title because it's a whole new tournament and a whole new year. And, uh, but yeah, excited for him and and Dawson Collins placed out there last year. So you know, I, I think when they did that, that kind of threw them, you know, into into the rankings. I think they were both in the in the top five or six at that time. Well, Mike, we wish you the best of luck at the Midwest Classic and happy holidays as well. Thanks for coming on today and and good luck uh, out in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you, thank you, Mike Mendoza, coach of the Maverick Men's Wrestling Team, with us on the program. This morning. All right, uh, 948, Jim along with Buckeye. Is there still a path for Nathaniel Hackett to keep his job with the Broncos? Got some thoughts on that today. Uh, also on the, the passing of Mike Leach. If you've not heard, the Mississippi State coach dying in the hospital at the age of 61 from heart-related, uh, heart-related condition. Uh, Kyle with a text this morning. Love Mike Leach. Is probably my favorite coach to listen to. RIP, Coach Prime. Took some advice from him. If Leach passes 10 days ago, Sanders is at Mississippi State. Might still be. I told a friend, an Auburn fan, his dad is a grad, by the way, that, that Sanders should take Auburn's vacancy. He said, never too much of a good old boys network. He will go to a place like Mississippi State. And I said, they don't have an opening. They love Mike Leach. $15 million buyout is nothing for SEC team. And Sanders not really invested in CU yet. I hope not. I know we like to joke about it. I don't think he's going to leave just yet. Not just yet. I don't think so. 
I mean, in this day and age, though, I, I never say never. Yeah. You never like, say I never. I don't think. I don't think he's going to lose. It's not guaranteed that he's there, but I don't. Th- I don't think he leaves yet. So that's a soft, very soft. Can I no. say unlikely? Yeah, unlikely. I'd say unlikely. unlikely, but but not, not impossible. impossible. No, not in this day and age of of coaches, you know, buyouts and you know, so. I mean, it's only yeah. December thirteenth. He could be the coach at Alabama or Ohio State <laughs> by the time we get to NIL day <laughs> or NLI day. Yes, in February. Let's see. We got one from Mike in Scottsdale. Uh, let's see. Good morning, muchachos. I'd I would put Steve McNair on the list of top five college quarterbacks. He was good. Alcorn State yeah. was really good. His senior Aaron year, McNair. Uh, five thousand three hundred seventy-seven passing yards, nine hundred seven on the ground, fifty-six combined touchdowns. R.I.P. Coach Leach. I really wanted him in Boulder instead of Embry. I I did too. Mm-hmm. Going back to that period of time. Colin and Rifle, it's time to stop bleeding. One good offensive game does not make a season, and they'll still lose. Go after Sean Payton. Once again, with what you've got, you've got to trade. You got to trade picks. You got to trade something there, and the the coffers are are a little thin these days. If I'm the Saints, I just I'd be like, screw it. I'll ask for Russell Wilson if they call. <laughs> be like, hey, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and Patrick Sertan. No, okay then. Sorry, sorry. There's some talk now that he may go back to New Orleans. It may be an opening for him there. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Allen. Allen not getting the job done, really. Yeah, well, didn't work out with the Raiders either. Remember one time Broncos defensive yeah. coordinator Dennis Allen. I mean, they could still win that division. <laughs> they, they still could. They're 4-9. and nine. They could finish 7-10 and 10 and win that division. But as we've talked about before, I think Paul has texted this in, too. Isn't there a sense that that Sean Payton wants to go to a not that it's not warm in New Orleans, but we hear about California he has a home in California. Still seems like the Chargers, or, or you know, depending on what happens with Sean McVay, what he decides to do. Don't rule that out that that maybe Sean Payton ends up with the Rams because McVay may he's he's so much every year. It's I don't know. There's there's always doubt about McVay. He's there's some talk now that he might join Amazon in the Thursday night games next year. That rumor's popped up again. He might have his next project though. Old ba- Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He might see a little. All right. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that Baker will ignite a fire in that guy. What What happens if Mayfield finishes strong here? And with Stafford's injury concerns, I mean he's a he's a perfect fit for Hollywood, is he not? He's super media friendly. Yeah. It would, and then Sean Payton comes back, you know, comes back into the league, coaches the Rams. Yeah, might be his next challenge is last the, four for the, the, res- Rams. the resurrection of Baker Mayfield at Green Bay Monday night, home to the Broncos on Christmas. New Year's Day at, air quotes, the Chargers. Yeah. And at Seattle, who may or may not either be out or have a postseason berth wrapped up. He could go two and two there. Yeah. Three and one, maybe. Possibility. I don't know. All right. Shall we lap it up with some 
some garbage time? Sure. Okay, let's hop in the dumpster. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say the word Robert Griffin III said. Probably shouldn't. Not going to do that. Not at all. Not going to touch it. But Robert Griffin apologizing for something he said during Monday Night Countdown. It's one of the analysts on there. Talking about the NFC playoff picture. RG3 was talking about the 12-1 and Eagles, and he was talking up quarterback Jalen Hurts. People that Jalen Hurts, uh, people said that Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He could not break from the pocket. He's not the quarterback of the future. I think he proved all those folks wrong. Yeah. He meant to use the word, according to him, bugaboo. Eh. In the context of your sentence, even that doesn't make sense. It's a lot safer a word than the one you actually Did he proved all those bugaboos wrong? Not the word he said, by the way. The word he said he intended on saying. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, nope. Which the word he used is a racial slur. Um, Either way, I'm not sure where he was going. Because bugaboo still doesn't make any sense of what he said. Does it? No, no, it doesn't. Makes zero sense. I I mean, well, I wouldn't say it's... it's I don't say zero sense. It it laid out it doesn't that he that he had all, much all those sense. bugaboos or you know that he had are gone now. Needless to say, 